Good to see you. Okay. Uh, hey, what we're doing here on Sunday mornings is we are talking about Jesus' healing crusades. Jesus' healing crusades. You know, yeah, he, he did a lot of healing in his three and a half year ministry. And, uh, you know, as I told you last week, I've been to some healing crusades over the many years. And I've often wondered uh, what it would be like to attend one of Jesus' healing crusades. And so uh, we, we can't go back 2,000 years in a, in a time machine. Uh, I'd like to do that, but can't do that. But we have the next best thing. We have the Holy Bible. And we can go into the Holy Bible and go back and, and be right there with Jesus as he healed the people. And uh, so over the next many Sundays, that's what we're going to be doing. I trust your faith will be built. Uh, the healing power of God will flow, not only in here, but I believe over social media. And uh, uh, people, I believe, will be healed and helped. Um, and uh, I just, I feel in my heart that, that there's going to be some folk that are going get, to get, get free of some things that have hindered them for a long time. And you've never been able to shake it, but I believe that, that uh, just, just listening to the Word of God being taught, just that Jesus is healing miracles and so forth, uh, I believe that's going to help you. And the same power that was on him rides upon the Holy Written Word. And as we look at the Holy Written Word and go through his, his, his ministry, that power, that power can jump right off on you and heal you, you see. can jump right off on you out in the social media land and heal you. And, uh, and so let's, let's keep our faith up for that. What do you say? And, uh, you know, uh, we noted last week, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Remember this, healing and health is from God, but sickness and disease is of the devil. You also need to understand something else, that Jesus didn't heal anybody as the Son of God. Though he was the Son of God, he didn't heal anybody with, with his, his, his inherent godly powers. He became a man. You need to realize that. And he laid down not his possession of deity, but his expression of it. He became a man. And you'll notice he didn't do one miracle or one, one healing until after he, he came up out of the waters of baptism and the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. Remember that? And, and we read it right here. It's in Acts 10, 38. God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth. That's talking about his humanity. See, if Jesus was operating as a man, I'm sorry, if he was operating as God, he wouldn't have needed the anointing. Is that right? If he was operating here in the earth during his ministry as God, he wouldn't have needed the anointing. He was operating as a man. So he was operating as a man. He needed the anointing of the spirit. Did you, did you follow that or did that just go right over your head? See, when, when you say things like that, a lot of people that have been taught religiously over the years, it throws them off. Uh, Jesus was God 100%. Can you say amen to that? He never ceased being God. When he walked the shores of Galilee, 100% God. But when he was born, when he, when he took on flesh, he laid down his, not possession of deity, but his expression of it. He became a man. What an awesome price he paid. Just think about that, God becoming a man. And as a man, uh, he needed the anointing of the Spirit. So he didn't heal anybody as the son of God. Do you, do you get, are you getting that? Do you understand that? Do you or don't you? Because if he was operating as the son of God, he already had the anointing. He didn't need to be anointed. Is that right? Is that right? So as a man, you see that trips people up. That just, it just plays with their mind. He was the Son of God, but he didn't operate in the earth as the Son of God. He operated as the Son of Man. Don't you remember him referring to himself as the Son of Man? He operated as the Son of Man. And as the Son of Man, he needed the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, as a man, whew, this is, this is going to be rough, but Jesus in his humanity couldn't heal anybody any more than you or me. You understand that? Yeah. That just throws people's theology just 
plays with it. Jesus, as a man, couldn't heal anybody any more than you or me. He had to be anointed with the Holy Ghost. He had to be anointed with the Spirit. We need to look at that. Acts 10.38. Let's throw it up on the screen because I feel like we've hit it in the Spirit. We hit a roadblock. So we got to get through this. How God, that's talking about the Father, anointed who? Jesus of Nazareth. That's referring to his humanity. Okay? God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth. That's of Nazareth. See, that's dealing with of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. A man just like you or me. God the Father anointed Jesus the man Though Jesus the man was 100% God, he didn't operate as God. He operated as Jesus of Nazareth, and he needed to be anointed with the Holy Spirit Spirit and with Power. power. See, that power is what we're going to be talking about over the next many Sundays. People were after that power. But you need to realize... That he needed that, that, that the anointing of the Spirit to do, any, to do any healings or miracles. In his humanity, he couldn't do it. No more than you or I. He needed the anointing of the Spirit. The good news is, is we have the anointing of the Spirit on us. Can you say amen to that? The only difference between us and Jesus is that he had... Uh, In John, the third chapter, the Bible says he had the anointing without measure. He had the full power of the Spirit upon him. We have the anointing as ministers of the gospel, as believers with measure. But Jesus of Nazareth needed to be anointed by God the Father with the Holy Spirit and with what? With power. And he went about with that anointing, with that power... Doing good and what? Healing. See, doing good and what? Healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, are you okay with that? All right. So people were after that power. They were after that power. And, and, and I think we read last week, but we'll see it as we go. People would come to him and they'd want, to, they'd want to touch the hem of his garment. Remember that? Because power went out of him. They wanted to touch him because power went out of him. That's the power that, 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 uh, that, that, that we're uh, uh, going to be looking at over the next several weeks. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Now, of course... He didn't, I want to say this again, he didn't heal one person, not one. He didn't do one miracle, not one, until he was first anointed with the Holy Ghost. When did he get anointed with the Holy Ghost? When he came up out of the waters of baptism, is that right? So if you look at him for 30 years, from the time he was born of the virgin in Bethlehem, you know, for 30 years, Jesus did not perform one healing or one miracle. But then he went to John, remember that? He went to John the Baptist in the rivers of Jordan and he went in to be baptized. He was baptized. He came up out of the waters of baptism. The Bible says the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. Right? And then after that, he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. The first miracle that he did is he changed water into wine. Is that right? Yes or no? Okay. So, so you have to understand that. But he had the Spirit... Uh, In John, the third chapter, you can see it, read it sometime. John the Baptist said of Jesus that Jesus had the Spirit anointed with the Spirit without measure. Now it's interesting, and I want to just throw this in right here, that, that Jesus, there were times, Jesus, and this throws people for a loop, but there were times, and we'll get to it, maybe not today, but we'll get to it, there were times that Jesus, with that full power of the Holy Ghost on him, couldn't get people healed. The Bible says so. When he went into his hometown of Nazareth, he couldn't get, the Bible says he tried to heal. We'll, we'll get to it as we go. He tried to heal people, but he couldn't do it. Except the Bible says he performed a few minor, a minor healings there. And remember, he marveled because of their what? Their unbelief. 
Now, you need to realize this when it comes to healing, and, and, and most folk don't understand this as they should. But they want to come in, they, they want to come in, or they want to go up to Jesus himself, and they just want Jesus to lay his hand on them and zap them with the healing power and then be healed. Or folks will come to a healing meeting, or they, they've come in here over the many years, and they want me to lay hands on them and let the power of God just zap them and be healed. But you have to understand, for the most part, it doesn't work that way. Now, every once in a while, God will initiate a miracle. Once in a while, God will initiate a healing. Certainly, He does. And we'll see that as we go. But most of the time, and we'll see it, the Bible says that the person on the receiving end plays a big part in whether or not they're going to be healed. Because the Bible talks about their faith, their faith. The sick people that came to Jesus, their faith, their faith, their faith. You, you need to understand that. And so it's not just a matter of coming to the Lord and, and, or coming to anybody and getting prayer. I know people who have been prayed for hundreds and hundreds of times and they're still just as sick today as they ever were in mind and body. Now, why is that? Is God holding out? Is he holding back the healing? Is he holding something back? No. What, what, could, what, could, be, what could be the only reason? The only reason then could be on the receiving end. Is that right? The only reason that somebody doesn't get healed by God, it can't be God's fault. He's perfect. It has to be on the receiving end. Doesn't it? And so you need to realize that, that, that our, faith, our faith, we'll see it as we go. The majority of the people that Jesus healed, he, their faith had something to do with it. Their, 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 their uh, ability to believe in him and trust in him and trust in his word and their ability to take hold of that healing power played a big part in whether or not somebody gets healed and whether somebody keeps their healing. You need to understand that. So, now all of that, I didn't intend to get into all of that, but we're just flowing with the Holy Ghost. So we'll just flow with Him and say what He wants us to say when He wants us to say it. You understand that? And of course, you know... People want to say that healing's passed away, but Jesus healed 2,000 years ago. You see healing in the Old Testament, and Jesus same yesterday, today, and forever, so he's still healing. Isn't that right? Amen. Absolutely. And then he said to his disciples, who were a representative group of you and me, he said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he'll do also, and greater works than these shall he do. So you see, how can we do works, the same works that Jesus did? We have to have the anointing of the Holy Ghost on us, don't we? The same anointing that he had on him. The only difference is he had the anointing without measure. We have it with measure. But it's the same anointing nonetheless. Can you say amen? Yeah. And then you look at Jesus, you know, his healing ministry. And then you see after he went, was raised from the dead, went up to the right hand of the Father. You see that the apostles continue to heal. Isn't that right? And the healing power. Now you need to understand this. Peter couldn't heal anybody, could he? The Apostle Paul couldn't heal anybody in and of themselves. They needed the anointing of God, didn't they? And, but they continued to see, see the, the healing power of God in the Apostles' ministry. And then you study church history. You see the healing power of God flowing down through church history and all the way down even in the Summit Church right here. 2,000 years after Jesus was raised from the dead for the last 25 years, we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people healed by the power of God. And I don't believe it's over. I believe God's going to heal more people. Can anybody say? Amen to that. All right. So, but we got to keep our faith up there. And so anyway, the Bible said last week, we looked at it in Luke 4, 14. The Bible says Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Now, why does the Bible put emphasis on the power of the Spirit? Well, you should know by now. We just went over it with you. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Why is the power of the Spirit so important? It's because it's that power of the Spirit that will bring healing in the people's lives, you see. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. But then notice in Luke 4, 14, the Bible says he began to what? He began to teach in their synagogues. See, a lot of people, and we brought this out last week, but it, it bears repetition. A lot of people want to come and they want to they they, 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 they get a hold of the power of God, but they don't want to take the time 
going to sit and listen to the teaching of the Word of God. But we're going to see this as we go uh, through through these next many weeks that, that, that people, and we saw it last week, people came to Jesus to hear and be healed. To hear and be healed. See, a lot of folks want to come just to be healed and they don't get anything. But you have to come with the attitude that I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen to the Word of God. I'm going to hear the Word of God. I'm going to hear the word of God. I'm going to put preeminence on listening to the word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. So you come and you hear and you hear and you hear. You let your faith be built and then the healing power of God, the power of the spirit will flow and it'll go into your body to affect a healing and a cure. Can you say amen to that? Glory to God. I'm stirred up. Glory to God. But we have to come to hear and be healed. And then I'll tell you this. I'll just throw this in. Once you get healed, you need to stay in the word of God to keep and maintain your healing. Now, a lot of people think, you know, that, well, we just come get healed and then we just go, go, go on about our life, our regular business as usual. But let me tell you what, you, you get the healing power of God uh, flow through your body and you get healed. You need to have good sense, uh, sense enough to stay in the word of God to maintain that healing. I'm thinking of one man right now that was healed in this ministry many years ago of bladder cancer. He had bladder cancer. And he, and he called a meeting with me. I met with him for lunch. He said, Pastor, I've been diagnosed with bladder cancer and it was a terrible thing. And, and so he said, will you pray for me? And, and, and I said, well, I said, I could pray for you right here, right now in the restaurant. But I said, the power of God's not in manifestation on me right now. You need to realize this too about the power of God. It's not always in manifestation. It just isn't. And, 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 but I said, come to, the, come to the service. And I said, sit in the services because he attended this church. I said, continue to sit in the services, you know, and hear the word of God. And then when the power of God's in manifestation, when the power of God's flowing, when we have a healing line, I said, come on up in the healing line. We'll pray for you. Well, he did. And, and, and along with others, we prayed for him. The power of God went into his body, healed him. Glory to God. Went to the doctor. The doctor confirmed he was 100% healed. Glory to God. And I was even astounded at it. And then, unbelievable to me, he stopped coming to church. I didn't see him for, for, a long, for weeks, you know, a couple of weeks, and we checked on him. And, 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 and then he came to a service, you know, and then didn't see him again. And then called him, and well, he came to a service, and then, you know, he's just coming because I was calling to check on him. But then he didn't see him, didn't see him, didn't see him. Actually, I'd warned him by the Holy Ghost. I told him, I said, you need to stay, you need to stay under the word of God. After he got healed, I said, you need to stay under the word of God. I warned him. The Holy Ghost told me. I, and I warned him. I said, now, if you don't stay under the word of God, this thing's going to come back on you. And when it does, uh, I, I won't be able to help you the second time like I was the first. Now, I, now I couldn't heal him in the first place. It's the power of God. Say amen. amen. But you know what? He stopped coming. He wouldn't come. And guess what? The bladder cancer came on him, came back on him. And he died, went to heaven, died young. Isn't that sad? So you see, you have to not only come to hear and be healed, but once you get healed, you need to stay under the teaching of the word of God to maintain that healing, you see. Now let's go to Matthew 8, verse 1. Let's go to Matthew 8, verse 1. And notice here, Matthew 8, verse 1. The Bible said when he'd come down from the mountain, now this is after he had taught on the uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying. Now this is something else you need to realize about the, the, the people that came to Jesus. So many of them had a worshipful attitude about them. And actually, if we'd have been there in person, we would have seen a lot of these people that came to Jesus actually fall down on their knees before him and worship him. Now, that's good, isn't it? And notice here, he'd come down from the mountain after the Sermon on the Mount. Great multitudes followed him. Behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, you see, a lot of people uh, battle in their minds whether or not God's will, willing to heal them. Is it God's will to heal? Is it God's will to heal? Now I'll tell you what, we could take 16 weeks and go through the Bible and, and I could prove to you beyond the shadow of any doubt that it is God's will, uh, 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 un, uh, I mean, uh, undisputable, it's God's will to heal and it's God's will to heal today. Can you say amen to that? Amen. 
Absolutely. It is his will to heal and it is, it is his will to heal everybody. It's his will to heal all. And so this leper said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus put out his hand, touched him and said, I'm going to have to think about it. I'm going to have to go check with my disciples. Is that what he said? No, just as fast as you can snap your finger, Jesus gave us the answer to whether or not God's willing to heal or not. Because see, the ministry of Jesus is, is the expression, is, the ministry of Jesus is God's expression, is his will. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, you can see the will of God for all men for all time. And so right here, the leper says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And, and, and notice Jesus put out his hand, touched him and said, I am willing, be clean or be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? So we know it's God's will to heal. And I tell you what, I've talked to many people over the, over the years. And I haven't found one person yet that questions God's ability. That, you know, is God able to heal? Now, we'd all agree God's able to heal. And God's able to heal everything and anything. Any sickness, any disease, God's able to do it, right? I've never met anybody that, that struggles with, is, you know, struggles with, is God able to heal? Is he able to heal? Everybody would say, yes, God's able to heal. He's able to heal anything. But here's where the problem comes in. Is he willing? Is he willing? Well, right here, Jesus said, I am what I am willing be cleansed. Glory to God. And, uh, and immediately the leprosy left him. Now notice here, if you look at Mark's account of it, Mark the first chapter, verse 40. Uh, now see, that was Matthew's account of this instance. But to get the full picture, you need to look at the other gospel accounts that comment on the subject. Mark 1, verse 40. Now a leper came to him, this same guy imploring him, kneeling down to him. See, now what do we get here? This guy knelt down. See, we didn't see that in, in Matthew's account. We just saw that he w was worshiping Jesus. We see this guy knelt down and said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus moved with compassion. Now we learn something else. You see, it's the compassion of the Lord that causes him to heal people. You need to realize this about Jesus. He is very compassionate. He's very loving and very compassionate. And it was his compassion that moved him to heal this guy. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I I am willing, be cleansed, and immediately the leprosy left him. And then if you look at Luke's account, Luke 5, verse 12, notice this, same account, notice what Luke said. It happened when he was, uh, it happened when he was in a certain city that behold a man who was full of leprosy. Now we see this guy didn't just have leprosy, you know, in one patch of his body or on his leg or here or there. He was full of it. He was covered with it. My goodness, probably looked like white as snow, you know, covered with leprosy. And uh, he fell on his face and implored him. So now we see that he came, he worshiped, he knelt down. And now we know he didn't only kneel down, but what else did he do? He fell on his face right before the Lord and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He put out his hand and touched him and said, I'm willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. Do we see that Jesus is willing in Matthew, Mark, and Luke? Is that right? Say, so, well, what about John? Well, John doesn't record this, but I guarantee it to you, if John did record it, Jesus would be just as willing in John as he was in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. <laughs> Amen? Glory to God. All right. Now, go to Matthew, the eighth chapter. What we're doing is we're just going through, we're just going through uh, Jesus' healing ministry. So notice here, Matthew 8, verse 5. Now when a certain, uh, now when Jesus, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him. Now it's interesting, Luke's account, we'll not look Luke's account up here, but the, Luke says when he, this guy had heard of Jesus. So this guy here heard of Jesus. He came to him and he pleaded with him, verse 6, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented and Luke brings out that this guy was ready to die he was ready to die and Jesus said to him I what I what I what I I what 
I will come and heal him. You see the will of the Lord, it's his will to heal people. He said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes, and to another, come and he comes. And to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. What is the Lord looking for? He's looking for what? He's looking for F-A-I-T-H. What does that spell? He's looking for faith. He's looking for faith. It's interesting, this guy had faith on behalf of somebody else, didn't he? Is it possible for us to have faith on behalf of somebody else? Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. And so this centurion had faith on behalf of his servant who was, who, was, who was dreadfully tormented. He was ready to die. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And, uh, and he said, speak a word only and so forth. And, and Jesus heard it. He marveled and said to those who followed, I have not found such great faith. And this guy didn't just even have run of the mill faith. He had what? He had great faith. And, 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 and <laughs> glory to God. That's wonderful. Uh, and it's because all he needed was the word. He didn't even need Jesus to come over to the house. Now think about that. Now I mean, if Jesus wanted to come over to my house, I'd let him come over to my house. I said, I'd let him come over to my house. I'd want him to come over to my house. But yet, you think about it, I do have this feeling about me, I'm not worthy that Jesus would even come under my roof. But I say, Lord, speak a word only and my servant will be healed. And you see, that moved Jesus. That he, that's faith talking there on the behalf of the centurion. And, and Jesus said it was great faith. The Lord said it was great faith. And then if you look at verse 13, we find something very interesting. Notice, because you know the guy was healed and all of that. The servant was healed. And Jesus said to the centurion... As you read on, you see he's healed. But notice here in verse 13, Go your way... As you have what? As you have, as you have what? As you have believed, let it be done to you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Well, there, there you see he was healed the same hour. But you need to look at verse 13. You need to put some highlights on, on, on verse 13. You need to put some underlines, some stars, whatever. You got a gold star, put a, you know, lick it and put the gold star on that verse. Because notice what did Jesus say? As you have what? As you have believed. As you have what? Believe. As you have what? Believe. Believed. Or we could say it another way, according to your faith. And, and, and we'll look at an instance later on where he says that to somebody. He said, according to your faith. See, it, to receive from God the healing power, we've got to have faith. You need to realize it, it, it's our faith that taps that healing power of God. It's our faith that taps the healing power of God. You know what I mean when I say taps it? I mean, makes connection. It's our faith that makes connection. And it's, it, you know, it, we know God's willing to heal, but can we believe? Can we believe? Do, can we believe? Can we believe? We're going to see it again and again. Jesus says, if, you know, if you'll believe only, don't fear, believe only. Believe, believe, believe. Have faith. And it's not a head believing. It's not a, it's not a mental ascent. It's a sell out in your heart. Knowing that Jesus can heal you and that he will heal you and grab on a hold of that, you see. Amen. Amen. As you have believed, as you have believed, as you have believed. So it really wasn't even up to Jesus. We know what Jesus wanted to do, heal him. He's coming over to the house. But as you have believed, as the centurion has believed, as you have believed. Put some responsibility on us, doesn't it? Well, I tell you what, I sense so strong on the inside of me. There's people that are going to get healed in this room of some things. Over the course of the next several weeks. Just not even me laying hands on you. Just sitting under the word of God. The power of God flowing and you receiving that uh, healing power. There's people going to get healed of some things that you've struggled with for years. I'm telling you. Amen. There's a lady some years ago attended here. She had Crohn's disease. Anybody know what that is? 
If you don't know what that is, you ought to go look it up and find out what it is and be glad you don't have to deal with that. You can't get too far away from the restroom. Having continual bowel movements all the time. Just can't get away from it. There, I told you. Now you don't even have to look it up. That's a terrible thing. It's a hideous, heinous thing. Jesus he healed her right here in this room. I said he healed her right here in this auditorium. Glory to God. Absolutely. And I'm going to share many stories. I've got, I've got bunches of them that I'm going to share. See, I'm not going to just teach you the Word of God. I'm going to teach you the Word of God. But I'm going to give you a, a, examples of things that took place, testimonies of things that took place right in this, right in this, in this sanctuary over the last 20-some years. It'll make it more real to you. See, a lot of times when you teach the Bible to somebody, and you need to do that, that's first and foremost, but that was 2,000 years ago. A lot of times people can't relate to what went on 2,000 years ago. But you start talking about what happened right in this room over the last 20 years. Now it makes it more real to you. So I shared that about the Crohn's disease because I believe there's somebody that is listening, whether in this room or over social media, that, that's good. You, that, that, that their faith perked up when they heard that, that, that Jesus will heal something like that. And he, he did it right here in this room some years ago. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now notice here in Mark, the first chapter, let's go at, at verse 21. See, we're going through all of Jesus' healing. I, I did it for you. No extra charge. I looked all these up. Took me quite some time. Went through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I cross-referenced all of them. And we're going to look at every single one of his healings and miracles. And every single one of them. We're going to look at them. And if I miss one, will you come let me know, okay? But we cross-referenced them. Remember, if you want to be healed, you have to tolerate sitting and listening to the Word of God. I think that's a good thing. I've never had to tolerate sitting and listening to the Word of God. But I've seen a lot of people over the years who, it's just they have to tolerate it. I tell you what, if you sit under the Word of God with the attitude, well, I'm going to just tolerate this teaching until uh, He's done so I can get to the healing power, I can guarantee you this, you're not going to get the healing power of God. You've got to sit and hang on every word. You've got to sit on the edge of your chair, so to speak. You know what I mean by that? Hang on every word. Pastor, tell me that story again. Read that scripture again. I want to hear it again. And it's got to become more important to you, not because I'm reading it, but the Bible has to become more important to you than anything else. Well, I've heard that story before. Uh, it don't matter. You, if you have the attitude, I've heard it before, you need to hear it about ten more times. Boy, I like the anointing that's on me today. Yeah. I normally don't... Sh I, this isn't, can't you tell there's a little bit of something different here today? Yeah. Absolutely. It's because I'm right in my zone, glory to God. The power of God's, God is here. The power of God is present to heal. Heal you today, glory to God. Heal you right here in this room. Heal you right over social media. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. Amen. Now notice Mark, the first chapter in the 21st verse. Then... They went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he, Jesus, entered the synagogue and what did he do? He, he what? He, he what? He taught. He taught. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lay hands on anybody in this room here today, next Sunday, the following Sunday or after that or the day after that or the Sunday after that. You're going to have, you all going to have to hear the word of God and receive According to, here's the word to you, according to your faith. But I'm telling you, as a representative of Almighty God, uh, that if you'll sit and, and hang on every word and build your faith, the healing power of God will flow into your body or into your mind and affect the healing and a cure. I hear the Holy Ghost saying that again and again. Now I've laid hands on probably thousands of people over the many years. But on this, on this, on this go-round here, He's directing me not to lay hands on anybody. Although I believe in laying on of hands. or lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. But you see, you need to hear. You need to hear and be healed. Can you say amen? Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. 
I'm just, I'm, I don't know why I'm saying that, but, 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 but I don't want you to think that after many weeks that I'm going to lay hands on you, zap you. It's not going to work that way. You're going to have to dig it out on your own. You're going to, according to your faith. But I know that if you'll do that by the Spirit of God, I'm telling you, there's some people in this room, you're going to be healed of some things that you've struggled with for years. And there's going to be some people on social media that's going to be healed. They're going to be set free from, 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 from some demonic things that have caused sickness and disease in their body. Uh, the healing power of God is going to flow and people are going to be healed. Glory to God. And people that have struggled with things for years are going to be healed. I hear the Holy Ghost saying that again and again. Notice here, Mark 1.21, he goes into the synagogue and he teaches. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority. See, I feel that. Can you sense that boldness on me today? Now, now I'm not teaching like Jesus. No, I'm not. But I tell you what, I've got a portion of his anointing. Can you tell there's authority here? Absolutely. It's not me. It's the power of God. It's the anointing of the Spirit. And they were astonished at his teaching. He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out saying, now notice, what did he do? He, what he, he, he cried out. That's pretty loud. A cry is pretty loud, isn't it? And, and saying, let us alone. What have you to do? Uh, what, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, be quiet and come out of him. Can you imagine that happening in a church service? In a synagogue service, if you will. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice. Now that's going to, if you got visitors in your service that day, that might make uh, visitors a little nervous. That'll even make some church members a little bit nervous. Did you, did you read, did you understand what we just read? The man, Jesus, cast the devil out of this guy, cast a demon out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him, you know what convulse means? He was shaken around. Convulsing, might have been foaming at the mouth. I don't know, but he was being convulsed. He cried out with a loud voice. He came out of him. Glory to God. And then the Bible says they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Glory to God. Now, let me just say this. In this room right here over the last 20 some odd years I've had to deal with demonic power on a few occasions now when you start talking I'm going to give you a couple of testimonies here but when you when you give these testimonies a lot of times people get a little bit little bit nervous now I'll be the first one to tell you don't ever go don't ever go to what they call a deliverance meeting I don't know if they're having those anymore. Uh, probably not. But don't ever go to one of those where, they're, where, where they advertise, come and get the devil cast out of you. Don't go to those because you're more likely to get, get a devil in you than to get rid of one. Can you say amen to that? I'm telling you the truth. So, but you see, you start talking about these next three testimonies I'm going to give you. A lot of times folks get nervous, particularly on social media. You know, they might, this guy's crazy. No, I'll tell you what. What did Jesus do when he went in? What did he do when he went into the synagogue? What did he do? He went in there. He taught. There was somebody there that had an unclean spirit and he cast the unclean spirit out. The guy convulsed, cried out with a loud voice. Is that right? Came out of him. Now, let me teach you something about healing real quick. Healing and, and demons. Sometimes, sometimes, now, now not all the time, most of the time it's probably not. When somebody's sick, most, now we understand all sickness and disease is of the devil. But when somebody's sick, most of the time there's not a demon involved. It's just because of the fall of man and you understand what I'm saying? Did you get that? But there are certain instances when a demon is involved. And I'll tell you right now, until that demon is dealt with, you'll not be able to get the person healed. Now I'll say more about that as we go. But you don't want to go to a service where they're advertising casting out devils. But however, if you have a real bona fide New Testament church, if you have a real bona fide New Testament church, 
there ought to be some of what I'm about to share with you that goes on there. Because you see, if, if you go to a church, particularly social media people, you go to a church where, where the devil's never being dealt with at all, I question whether or not you're going to a real bona fide New Testament church. Because you know every once in a while the devil will rear his ugly head. And when he does, the Bible says if we'll submit ourselves to God, we resist the devil and he'll flee. So you see, here in this church, many years ago I got up to teach one Sunday morning. Place was full. I was teaching from up there back then. And I stepped into the pulpit and just as I stepped into the pulpit, uh, what's known in the word of God as a, as, as a word of knowledge and actually a discerning of spirits went into operation. And I stepped into, my pul into the pulpit, this very same one that I stand behind here, minding my own business, was getting ready to open the Bible just to teach like I always did. And the Spirit of God gave me that. It was discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, you know. It was word of knowledge. Word of knowledge, discerning of spirit. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you spirit of suicide, come out! Well, you can imagine, I got everybody's attention. Visitors were a little nervous. Church members were a little nervous. But no more than I said that, somebody off to my left, right over in here. And they flopped down in their chair. They got free. There was a visitor that was here that day. I didn't know him, but they testified later. They were healed and set free of a spirit of suicide. Amen. Said they were con contemplating killing themselves before they came to church. And they were so thankful they came and they got free. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Now that don't happen all the time. I wouldn't, I, 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 I don't happen all the time. But I'd be concerned about going to a church where that never happens. Because you don't have a real bona fide New Testament church. I remember on another occasion we had a healing line and the place I was lined. Remember how we used to line people up from one side to the other? They'd wrap around the room. And so there was another visitor there that day. I don't know this person. I remember a great man, Bob Hill. You remember Bob Hill? He was working, he was in the, in the, he was working with me in the healing line. He was catching people. And I remember I came up in front of this one lady. I, didn't, I was just praying for people generally. I stepped up in front of her. And I tell you what, uh, I'll just put it this way. My spider sense started tingling. You know what I mean? There was, something, there was something wrong. There was something wrong. I just knew it on the end. There was something not right here. And uh, I just at the leading of the Holy Ghost... I said, in the name of Jesus, because I knew it was a demon. See, the way I operate with the Lord, I assume it's not demonic unless he shows me otherwise. I assume the situation is not demonic unless he shows me otherwise. Do you get what I just said? So I stepped up in front of her and I knew by the Spirit there was a de demonic power. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I said, come out! And I tell you what, I laid my hands on her when I did. The power of God hit her. And I tell you, she dropped to the floor like a sack of salt. I mean, just like, a, like you drop a sack of flour. I mean, she just boom, down on the floor. Well, of course, visitors nervous. Church members nervous. I was even nervous on that one. Bob Hill testified later. He said the hair on the back of his neck stood up. And then the Lord allowed me to see something in the spirit realm. And this was in the spirit realm, and I saw, I saw a, 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 like a bat, a B-A-T, like a bat. And it went out that way, went out, flew out that way. Came out of her and flew out that way. I never said anything to anybody because everybody was already nervous enough. She got up completely, totally delivered. Can you say amen? And then after the service, I'm standing back at the door thinking, you know, did I really see what I thought I saw? And uh, so a lady, see, you start talking like this, you're going to lose a lot of people because they think you're crazy. Did Jesus cast a demon out? Yes. He, did, he, did, he did it a lot. But a lady comes up to me at the door. 
who was a church member. Now, this lady that the demon left her, she was a, a visitor, but a church member came up to me at the door. Very sound, solid lady. Was a math teacher. Very sound, solid lady. Math teacher at Eureka High School. She actually had the job I wanted, but God wouldn't let me have it. He wanted me to preach the gospel. And so she came up to me at the door, and she was, you could see she was like me. She was a little unnerved after that. And uh, she said, Pastor, she said, I, I need to ask you a question, not ask you a question. I need, to, I, need to, I need to talk to you for just a moment. So I said, sure. So we pulled off the side there, you know, right out in front of my office door. And she said, you know, when you laid hands on that lady and she dropped to the floor, she said, I saw, she said, I saw like a black bird or a black head off that. And it was her right, my left went off that way. And, and she said, you, am I crazy? I said, no, I said, I saw the same thing. Now, her and me were the only two people that saw it. But you see, that authenticated it for me that I knew I wasn't crazy. She wasn't crazy. She saw it too in the spirit. These things are real, folks. I'm telling you, they're real. We need to realize these things are real. And Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Now I'll close with this, because I'm out of time. I'll close with this. Many years ago, there was a certain girl uh, that attended this church, a wonderful family, a wonderful young lady. And uh, she was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa. And if you don't know what that is, it, it, people stop eating. And they, they, they stop eating. They don't eat. And they, get, they get like skin and bones. And so uh, her, her parents had told me of the situation. And, uh, and you could see when you look at her every week, she was, I mean, she was losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. I mean, she got down, I, I, I say she got down looking like olive oil. You know, now if you don't know who olive oil is, that's Popeye's girlfriend. I mean, she had lost, I mean, just skin and bones. Very beautiful girl, but she was skin and bones. And they told me, they said that uh, the doctors said that there's a chance she could die. And very likely. Not only just a chance, but very likely. And so, I had went to the Lord in prayer and I could see in the spirit, I could see as I prayed for her, she, she, she was going to die. If, some, if, if something wasn't done, she was going to die. And the doctors really couldn't do much for her, you know. And so, so they asked, would I pray for her? And I said, well, there again, I said, now... Don't bring her in here to the office just when I'm up here working. I said, bring her into, into, the, into the healing line. Next time we have one, bring her in the healing line. So they bring her in. And again, I called for a healing line. We didn't have them every Sunday, but we'd have them, you know, maybe once a month or something like that, however the Lord would lead. And again, the people were lined up, you know, across here, back around. And so uh, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got to her. I had no idea what I was going to do when I got to her, other than just pray a general prayer. And so uh, they, she was standing right down there. And so I started on this side because I wanted to keep, put this off as long as I could. Because I can see she's going to die. And I didn't have any idea of what I was going to do to help her. And in and of myself, I couldn't help her. Nobody could help her. You understand that? Except God. And so I started praying for the people and I prayed and I went on down. And when I get on down here, I, 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 I'm about three people from her. and I still don't have the first idea what I'm going to do when I get to her. I admit to you, I was nervous. I didn't know. I mean, here, here we got somebody who's going to die in, in weeks, weeks ahead, more than likely. What are we going to do? And it wasn't until I stepped right up in front of her. I step right up in front of her. Now, I can't help anybody. I can't heal anybody. You need to understand that. Only God can. And I stepped up right in front of her. And as I did, the discerning of spirits went into operation. And the Spirit of God let me know. See, now, I always assume it's not demonic unless he shows me otherwise. I stepped right up in front of her. And, it, and, and the Spirit of God just on the inside said to me, I knew by the Spirit of God, however you want to say it, that it was a lying spirit. Not in her spirit, but in her mind. It had gotten in her mind. A lying spirit. Now, let me say this. People that have anorexia nervosa, not all of them, a demon is involved. Say amen. amen. But in this case, it was. I want to make that clear. And so, 
and you think about it. Now, I'm not this smart. I'm not this smart. But you think about it. People that have anorexia nervosa in their skin and bones. And I thought about this after, after the situation some time later. But people that have anorexia nervosa, they stand up in front of a mirror. They can be skin and bones like olive oil. And they look in the mirror and they see themselves as what? As fat. Now that's a what? Lying spirit. See, I'm not sharp enough to come up with that on my own. The Holy Ghost got that through to me. Lying spirit. See, with somebody that has anorexia nervosa, and again, most of them, there's not a demon involved. But even, even when there is, if there is a demon involved, I'm not smart enough to think that we need to deal with a lying spirit. I would just pray some other general kind of a prayer. Thank God for the Holy Ghost and His help. And so... Uh, we, uh, I, so I knew what it was. I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, head of the church. I said, you lying spirit, come out of her mind. Leave her in Jesus' name. I tell you what, no more than I did that. Now, I, I can't do anything, but the power of God hit her. She didn't fall down. She didn't shake. She didn't shimmy. She didn't rock and roll. You know, really, you know, I didn't feel anything. You know, most of the most astounding things that have happened in this church, I didn't feel goosebumps. I didn't feel anything. I just prayed for people. Power of God was released. We didn't feel anything. But many of them have come back with a doctor's report saying they were healed, you know. Now, we've had some times where we felt the power of God. I'll tell you what it feels like. And we'll talk about it more as we go. It feels like electricity in many cases. Sometimes it feels like a warm glow, a warm heat. Most times it feels like electricity. But no more than I prayed for her, her, the countenance on her face changed immediately, instantly changed. Immediately, instantly changed. And long story short, from that time on, she went out and began to gain weight, praise God. And gain weight, gain weight, praise God. Last time I knew anything of her, she had gained the weight back, was doing just, just fine, doing just wonderful. Can you say amen to God be the glory? Now why do I share those? Now listen, I'm not sharing these testimonies to make me look good, okay? Absolutely not. Because, you know, I've prayed for people and they haven't got a single thing. Didn't get, a, get, didn't get a single thing. But, you know, I'm in good company. Jesus prayed for some people and they didn't get anything either, did they? But, you see, I don't share these. To be, keep your eyes off me. Keep your eyes on the Holy Ghost. Why am I sharing these? I want to get it through to you. That it's one thing to talk about something that happened 2,000 years ago. But let's start talking about things that have happened right here in this room. See, it makes it more real to you, you know. And I want to say it again. I don't believe God's finished with this ministry and the healing power of God. I think He's trained us all those years now to really move out beyond these four walls. Certainly help you all, but help some other people that haven't had the advantage of hearing what you've heard. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Praise God. Do you get anything out of this today? Yes. All right. Well, stand with, you, with me if you would. And, and, and if you're out there watching on social media and you've never repented of your sins and accept Jesus as your Savior, I want to invite you now to repent of your sins. Receive Jesus into your heart. Ask Him to come into your heart. And He'll come in. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. And He'll make your life worth living in the meantime. If you need healing in your body out there in so social media uh, uh, area, you stay hooked up with us. Stay hooked up with us. And let the healing power of God flow out of the, from this pulpit into you and it'll bring about soundness and wholeness in Jesus name now please turn that off because I want to